0: This is a Sunday message from New Community Church in London. To discover more about New Community, visit newcom.church. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd love you to turn to 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. We're going to carry on our series of Belong, and I've been asked to speak about being members of the family of God, and it's being members of the family of God, part two. You know, there are so many ways in Scripture to describe church and how it works. But one of the most powerful descriptions is this passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And basically, the apostle Paul is trying to get people to understand how church functions and how it works. And he wants people to understand how important it is that everybody feels that they're members of the church and that they've got a part to play in the local church community. And so the way he helps us to describe this is to say to us, you have to think of a human body. So if you want to know how the church works, you just think about yourself. You think about your human body. And your human body is one, but it has many, many parts. The many parts don't go off and do their own thing, they're all part of the one body, and he wants us to understand this. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, and you are allowed to snigger through this passage because it's Paul actually expressing a sense of humor. Didn't know Paul had a sense of humor, did you? 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members, And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many, And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts of the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacks it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together." You know. What Paul describes here is that the body is physical. It's not mystical. Can you take your right um, fist for a moment and punch a part of your body? Would you do that? Or maybe the person next to you, if you're not socially distanced. Now, honestly, when you do that, it just tells you that everything about you is physical and real. The Hooten family just now, for those of you in line, are actually in a fight together as I'm speaking. But when you punch one another like this, it reminds you, this is not a mystical thing we're involved in, this is a genuine physical reality. And in tying with what we've just been saying this already today, I've been saying about the need to come back again, you realize that the gathered community of Jesus is embodied, it's physical. It's a place where we need to be able to touch, to be able to see, to be able to feel. It's something tangible. You know, when we break bread together, it's tangible, isn't it? There's the bread and there's the wine. We're present, we are together. I mean, the thought of your body, your human body, being scattered for the last year and a half is complete nonsense. And that's exactly what Paul's saying, exactly in the same way. It's actually not right that for the last year and a half, we as a church have been scattered. We've had to be scattered. It's been the right thing to do. It's not God's will. It's not where we end in this story. And praise God for online. I don't know what we'd have done without being an online church in terms of being connected to one another, etc., etc. But the reality is online church ends up being entertainment. Do you know what, sometimes it's good entertainment. Sometimes it's not so good entertainment. And the great thing is halfway through, if you don't like what you're doing, you can just fast forward it and get to the bits that you want to watch. When it comes to church being in person, it's not entertainment. It's about not you looking at what's going on at the front. It's all of us together having a part to play, amen? It's about us functioning, not being entertained. When we do all get back together again, I'm sure there are moments you've been so used to being online, you'll be watching someone like me preach, and you'll just put your finger and desperately want to move me along, and you won't be able to do that. And so it's physical. That's why it's important that we get over barriers and habits and learn how to be together again. I want to bring out three points from this passage of Scripture. The first I'll spend a little bit more time on, the other two will be shorter in case some of you want to fast forward me. The first is this, we are all members of the body of Christ. Look at verse 12 and 13 of of 1 Corinthians 12 which we've just read together. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and were all made to drink of one Spirit. You're born again of the Spirit. You're born of the Spirit, and at that moment of being born of the Spirit, you become a member of the body of Christ. The entry into this family is the same for everybody and stays the same for everybody. There is no special membership. You know, there's, there's not, you know, a gold card membership that means, well, I'm in the body of Christ, but you're lesser than me because I really am important. And for those of us who struggle with this, I want to tell you there's no off-peak membership either. It's membership the same for every single person. All of us together, I just love this verse, Romans 15, verse 7. In the NIV it says, accept one another as you have been accepted in Christ. In other words, whoever you are, this (coughs) membership is inclusive. I don't get to choose who I hang out with in the body of Christ. I hang out with people who have been chosen in Christ. I accept you on the basis of you've been accepted in Christ, and tough for you, but you have to accept me because I've been accepted in Christ as well. We don't accept one another (coughs) because we're like one another. That's why the Christian church is so diverse. This body that Paul's talking about in verse chapter 12 is full of diversity. The church is full of diversity. Because we don't come on the basis of similarity, we come on the basis of who we are in Christ. Just as your body, all the members of your body, are really important. They are just as important. And they're all members by right of your body. You know, when you're born again, you become a member of the universal body of Christ. There's one head and there's one body. It's this strange thing. If you go to the other side of the world, if ever you're allowed to fly again, and you go to the other side of the world, you, you meet Christians, and they may have different views to you or different belief systems, but you know you're born again. There's this amazing thing where you just know that you're one in Christ. It's amazing. Why, because the entry into the body of Christ is the same for everybody, which makes us all members. I would like to be a member of the body of Christ, please get born again. When you're born again, you're a member of the body of Christ. It's not something you do to earn membership. It's as a result of the grace and mercy, hallelujah, of God. None of us need to be struggling to try and be a member of the church in that sense because we are already made members of God's people. But being members of the church is more than this. It's more than just being part of some great big thing globally. It's worked out where you are. And so the universal church becomes the local church. It's where you express that membership of the universal church in your locality. If you're a Christian, you need an address. If I say to you which church are you a part of, you should be able to answer that question. And the answer to that question cannot be, I am on online church, because that means you get to pick and choose. I prefer the worship there, so I'm going to watch that. Oh, I like him. He's a great preacher, So I look, and I like this aspect of it, and you pick and choose. You need to belong. The series we're looking at this last few weeks has been titled Belong, and belonging is not vague. Belonging is a people who I am joined to. It says right at the beginning of the book of Acts that they were saved and they were added. Can I ask you this morning, have you been saved and have you been added? And becoming a member of the local church like New Community or many, another church community is something that's expressed voluntarily. It's a choice that you make. You're saying, I am delighted To make this church community my home where I will be a member. Maybe one day God will call me somewhere else. And that day I'll be a member somewhere else. But right now, here and now, I'm a member of this church community. Just like Tundi and Fumi were just sharing in their testimony. They came in 2004, they're still here because they've joined, they've become members of this church community. I'm here for now. And while I'm here for now, this is where I grow. This is where I'm discipled. This is where I discover my calling in God. This is where I contribute and I serve. This church is even the place where I make mistakes and people are kind enough to forgive me and give me another chance. This is a place where I learn to live in the grace of God. This is a church that's not perfect. It can't be. I'm a member of it. But it's a place where I am planning (coughs) the part that I have to play in this church community. And none of this is forced upon you. It's something that is done willingly and joyfully. And we, for instance, here at New Community have a course called DNA. And it's for you who want to become a member. Where you come in with your eyes opened and asking loads of questions. It's voluntary. No one's forcing you to do this. And if you are not here, and this is not where you're meant to be, then there'll be another church for you somewhere else. It's vital that we are all members of the body of Christ. Not attenders, not occasionally going along to a meeting, <coughs> but that we are members of a local church community. COVID has produced many tests for us throughout this year and a half. And I think that one of those tests has been the test of membership, (coughs) excuse me, a membership where some of us have realized that our membership at New Community or whichever church was actually quite weak. And through COVID, it's kind of become weaker. Then there are others maybe of us that have realized, I am a member of this church, but not as enthusiastically as I used to be. I kind of have a historic membership of this community. I want to really encourage us that there's an opportunity through this COVID to come back differently, to come back with a new start, to come back with a fresh commitment. I really do want to be a functioning member of this community. I love being a part of this church. I trust that you're able to say that as well. You know, you will never grow as a Christian or find God's will for your life if you are not a member of the local church. I'm going to repeat that. You will never grow as a Christian or find God's will for your life if you are not a member of a local church. That's so important. Romans chapter 12 and verse 4 says this. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And I just love this phrase. And individually members one of another. You know, if you join like a cult, or if you join a political system, when I was in my teens, I had friends who joined The Communist Party, believing that communism was the answer to all our problems. And the whole thing of those movements and cults was you lose your individuality. You become somehow part of the state, somehow part of this cult. You become kind of just one. Christianity, joining the body of Christ, is the total opposite. When you commit and become part of the local church... You remain individuals, I love this, and individually members of one another. That's why we are so diverse. That's why we rejoice in our diversity. Because it's about different individuals having different roles that they play. We are individually members of one another, just like your human body has many members and they all play their different part. They're individuals, they don't get confused as to who they are, they know the part that they have to play and that is true for the Church of Jesus Christ as well. But here's the rub and this is what I wanna challenge us all on, this is the cost involvement. We will remain as individuals but in order to function as we should we do need to lose a measure of our independence. Being a member of something means you stay an individual, but you're obviously moving away from independence because that's why you've joined with your membership. You just can't do your own thing, just like the members of your body don't decide to just do their own thing. your, Your members of your body are individuals But they all have to play their part in order for this thing to really work. They don't go off into independence. Which is why in that passage of scripture that we read from 1 Corinthians, Paul stresses this whole issue. You can read it from verse 14 where it's telling us of of the need for us to understand the part that we have to play. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. It would be nonsense to be like this. And so we use our independence. I want to say to you that marriage, we had a wedding here yesterday, marriage is a good example of this. It seems to me that the mantra of marriages in the 21st century in the Western world is kind of make sure though you get married, you hold on to your independence. Now, this is one of the reasons that marriages are under such a struggle at the moment, because it never works if you're going to hang on to your independence. So you get married as long as you have your space, as long as you have your time, your rights, your independence. Marriage is two individuals, still individuals, Becoming one. That's what the Bible says. Listen, I have been married for 42 years. We are still very much individuals. We are really different from one another. We're complementary to one another. Our individuality actually has grown and blossomed the longer we've been married. But here's the deal, and this is why it works. On the basis that we've died to our independence. It's exactly the same in the body of Christ. We are all members of the body of Christ. Secondly, it's all right, right; they're just very brief. Can't fast forward it. Secondly, every member of the body of Christ has a part to play. And we need one another to play these different parts. Verse 21, we read it earlier. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Of you. You see, we need one another to play different parts because that's the way the body of Christ will function. I have a part to play. Listen, I can't play this part unless there's a whole load of other people that are playing different parts. I can only do what I do because there are others that are doing what God has called them to do as well. And so when we say, if only I was like her. If only I could do what he did, we are totally shooting ourselves in the foot. Because God doesn't want you to play the part that that person plays. He wants you to play the part that he's called you to play. And look at verse 18, where it says this, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. The part that you've been called to play is not just something that you do because no one else will do it. God arranges the parts of the body. He's actually made you like you are, given the gifts that you have, and says to you, come on, I want you to, don't think I've gotta be like someone else or I'm not as good as them. You need to play the part because God arranges the parts of the body as he sees fit. You have no idea how key you are to making a local church function in the way that God wants it to function. Some of us are still saying this, and we've said it throughout COVID, but they won't miss me. Guess what? We did. And we really, really miss you right now. I'm not more important than any of you. Every one of us has a part to play. Look at verse 22. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. What an amazing statement. Do you know what that's saying? The parts that we think are irrelevant. The the people that we think don't have a part to play because they've got this wrong with them or they're weak or something. They are indispensable. What a phrase. We cannot be church without weak people in it. We cannot be church without the lesser parts being given greater honor. Some of you have heard me use this illustration before. Some of you haven't, but I'm going to use this. A number of years ago, we had a, a guy in our church called Joel Blaber, and he was born with Down syndrome, and he became a functioning member of this church community, and there came a day when he was baptized because he'd come to faith in Jesus, and when we baptized, I, spo- I spoke about this verse, I said, today we honor what is so-called a lesser or weaker member of this body, and you know, the thing about Joel was this. If you came into church on Sunday and you were in a bad mood, he didn't understand whether you were in a bad mood or not. If you came in grumpy and didn't want to have to do with anybody, he would run up to you, no matter who you are, and throw his arms around you. And if you're grumpy, that's a very difficult thing to handle. Joel, don't you get, I'm not in the mood? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he, on his baptism, I said, who knows Joel? every member of the church put their hand up because of the impact that he had upon us as a church community. Now at the end of every meeting, whenever I preached, he would come up to me and he would always say, put his thumbs up and he'd always say, great preach, Dave. And sometimes he said it to me and I knew I'd been pretty rubbish. But oh, Joel, please come and tell me. Great preach, David. He'd always say, great preach, David. He said it to me once, and I found out afterwards from someone he wasn't even in the meeting to hear me preach. And he's now, his family have moved on, they've gone elsewhere. We've been the losers. Don't you ever say, I haven't got a part to play, or I'm just not important. We all have a part to play. finally, Three, and I'm finished. Members of the body of Christ identify with one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Sometimes it's strange. It's easier to suffer with people who suffer, less easy to honor people <laughs> when they're honored. Because we think, oh, why can't I be like that? But this is all to do with identifying with one another. It says in Romans 12, 15, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, which is why we were saying right at the beginning, as we come back to more and more in-person gatherings, we'll find ourselves weeping with some people, rejoicing with some people, honoring some people, suffering alongside some people. And I have a dream and a desire as we close this word, which is... That post-COVID church life, after the big pause button that we've had, is a time for us to sit down and contemplate the changes that we need to make. And my dream is this, that we'll be more affectionate to one another than we ever were. We will appreciate one another far more than we ever did. And that maybe COVID is a time for us to say, do you know what? I didn't have time for people before because I was too busy. I had a whole load of stuff to do. People kind of interrupted me. Surely that can't be right if we're to identify with one another. I really am putting that to me as much as to anybody else. Had I become cold or clinical or not time for people because of busyness. See, it takes time to identify with one another to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. But maybe COVID has given us all an opportunity to slow down, to open up our homes, to have fellowship with one another, to even share our lives. I really hope that that is something that happens as a result of what we've been through together. If not just for our sake, for the sake of a watching world who doesn't know the love of God, doesn't know what it's like to be part of a community of diversity, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you today for that as we gather and continue to regather as a community, it's not about just attending a meeting. It's about being joined to, added to, being a member of the family of God. I pray with all my heart as we see these familiar scriptures, many of us have heard a lot of this in the past, that we will see it with fresh eyes and that you will give us fresh creativity so that we can really work this out in the days and months that lie ahead. And I do pray, Lord, for us as a community to understand we need to be together in order to properly function. Let us be the kind of church that reflects these scriptures we've looked at together. May we joyfully be members of one another and express it with our whole hearts. We ask it together in Jesus' name, amen.